Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I'm going to go eat some steak, and y'all can sit here and knock and click-clack and talk around. No, I can do what the hell I want to do. Grown-ass woman. And everybody's accountable for their own actions. I am so not here for Marlo, banging on Kenya's door, disrespecting her. Kenya can explain all of this. But she left me out here to defend myself with the wolves. Girl, come on. Respect is what you teach your child. I don't be the example. Because she's older than me. I'm not the example. Well, you know what? Everybody... But what I am the example for, I don't put when it comes to this. I all my family yeah, and you don't waste time being here if Kenya was being this disrespectful. You can stay home with your family. Absolutely. Good. Marlo and Mignetta are both the type who has to have the last word. It's like playing rock, paper, scissors for two. <laughs> to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our pop culture roundup. What are we talking about today? Real Housewives of Atlanta and also Kardashians recap. How are you guys? We're like, I'm like feeling good. Are you guys feeling good? I'm feeling good. Um, I have been sick and various, uh, forums for the past couple of weeks and I just my ear my right ear just popped so I can finally hear like a normal person after a long time I'm so so grateful I did not have COVID I had some sort of bacterial infection that caused um uh what they call um throat cobblestones which sounds as unpleasant is as unpleasant as it sounds. It's like the little pebbles that form in your throat from like an excess or like an extreme case of post-nasal drip. This is really gross, but it, you know, it's like these, it feels, it felt to me like canker sores, but like canker sores in the very back 
of my tongue and like the very base of my throat. And I tell you guys, like, obviously I don't like being sick in any form, but the thing that really takes this bitch down is a sore throat and doesn't help that I do this for a living. So there was a person who um, thought that maybe I was drunk on one of the episodes. I was not. I could just like barely, my mouth could barely function. I was doing the best I could. So if you thought I sounded weird over the past couple, weirder than I normally do over the past couple weeks, that would be why. But now I'm doing better. And yeah, we're moving on onward and upward. I'm excited. Also, like, Can I like put something out there in the universe, you guys? I'm going to LA next month and I love to do my research on all the hotels. I have a list of top tier hotels that I want to stay at and also a list of alternates. But like, hey, if if you guys got a hookup anywhere in like West Hollywood or something like that, you know, everyone's business but mine at gmail.com that's all i'm saying anyway move on um we have things to talk about things have been happening i feel like i haven't talked about like pop culture stuff in a while uh because i did a full recap last week and yeah i'm happy to gossip happy to be back here gossiping uh our first is going to be a can i get a hell yeah to the judicial system (laughs) for locking up danny masterson Amen. Hell yeah. As you guys may or may not know, so Danny was charged, you know, Danny, the curly haired guy from that 70s show was charged like three years ago from incidents that happened during his time on the show, like between, I think, 2001 to 2003. The, uh, these victims are claiming that he sexually assaulted them, raped them, things of that nature. And so the trial for that happened last October. However, it ended up in a mistrial about a month later. The jury couldn't come to a decision. And obviously since then they had been trying to just get this whole thing, uh, dismissed, but (laughs) didn't work out for you, my boy. Did it. So last month he, they went had had the retrial and he was found guilty by a jury on two of the three rape counts that he was facing. There was a deadlock on the third. And so your boy's downtown. He is in downtown Los Angeles where he will remain until his sentencing on August 4th. So big middle finger up to you. Uh, y'all, I completely did not know that he was still with Bijou Phillips and she's out, out there walking and holding hands with him in support. Um, you know, like apropos of nothing, have you guys heard the rumors about Bijou? Uh, not anything like this, just like being a jerk. Because I feel like I've only heard stories about her. She's kind of like the, like the manic pixie indie girl like the j-lo of that because i've only heard bad stories about her and how she's like rude and stuck up and obnoxious and just like a terror so um anyway fuck you danny and uh yeah let's move on actually let's go back really quickly because you know that man is an s-word okay starts with a science and then ends with other letters maybe there's an ology at the end um but i hope that this is like the thing that breaks the dam with those people so that they know that they are not um unflappable and that people really start getting like motivated and energized like if anything has happened with people in that church because if this can happen to like uh i would imagine a pretty high-ranking member of scientology 
imagine, imagine the skeletons in that weird ass closet. So I hope that people feel, and if there are any victims out there of people of the church of that, um, you know, I hope this empowers you guys to come forward because justice can be served and it'll be cold, real cold. He only gets to shower every other day unless he's going to court. You guys know that? They don't let you guys shower every day? Woo! Mm -mm. Anyway, Elizabeth Holmes also went to jail. <laughs> I didn't think that would take me out like that. But uh, yeah, she also went into jail at Bryan, Texas. Yeah, the same prison as Jen Shaw. Whether or not she'll be getting a role in her Real Housewives of Bryant play, who's to say? But I just the thought of them being in the same room as each other, and that room being a room that legally they can't get out of is, oof, it's an image. That is an image. Anyway, um, let's move on to I uh, our last story. I only have two. I'm so excited about this. You guys saw it. The news came down. The And Just Like That trailer was released last week. But right before that, the biggest news of all, that Kim Cattrall filmed a scene for season two, dropped. I cannot believe it. I did not think we would be here. Liz Bentley, I, I know you're saying right now, I knew it, I knew it. And you did, okay? You knew it. She knew it. I did not. I am so excited. So let's just like, you know, curb everybody's enthusiasm. But I actually think even hearing about the very small role she's taking, I'm still, I'm sad. Okay. And I'm excited and I'm ready, ready for it. So she is just going to be doing a, she filmed one scene on the phone, a cliffhanger scene with, or not even with Carrie on the phone with Carrie. And that seems like it's going to be it. It seems like uh, there is like not a chance in hell that she'll be coming back. So I'm not really sure why they technically be calling it a cliffhanger. If we already know what it is. But anyway, um, she's doing it. And I'm so, so excited. Now, here's what really gagged me. A couple things. Okay. Um, the demands, and I'm using that uh, term uh, respectfully that she made to come back on this show because she feels very mistreated and I think she has every right to feel that way. Um, but the demands were, I not filming with any, any of y'all, not the redhead, not the happy one. Certainly not you, Curly Sue, not happening. Um, she had, didn't want to have any contact with Michael Patrick King, who's a, you know, longtime showrunner. Um, and yeah, she had herself styled by, uh, none other than the icon Patricia Field, who did all the styling for the OG Sex in the City, didn't sign on for this iteration, didn't sign on for Anne just like that. I think because she's doing Emily in Paris or, you know, that's what she said. That's what she said. Seemed a little shady that she came back for Kim Cattrall. But when she said that, I guess they interviewed her about it. She basically was like, yeah, I was so excited to do it. But like, we're going to keep it at that. Okay. Because other than that, my name's Bennett and I'm not in it. I'm not part of the drama. So don't, don't, don't. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, with that being said, I'm so excited. <laughs> the other thing that really cracked me up is that 
on um shout out to comments by celebs on one of the articles whatever you know thousand articles on instagram went up about this she responded happy pride <laughs> god bless her and yama kepiebo to us all all right you guys and we're gonna like just quickly recap atlanta because this episode was not Great, but here's the thing, okay? I'm finding myself being very conflicted and affected by social media because Twitter, the way Twitter will have you believe, this is the worst thing season that's ever happened to the whole Bravo Housewives canon, and I can't believe we're having to be force-fed this drivel. I just feel like we're getting a little myopic here, okay? I am easily somewhat easily influenced so I you know and I'm suggestible we'll, we'll say that so I I will listen to people and maybe my mood might be affected it, it, here's the thing I don't want to take responsibility for it um I feel like you guys are being downers and it's bringing me down and I don't appreciate it I'm trying to enjoy the show and I'm finding it very difficult with all this complaining happening okay and I don't like it I just want to enjoy my girls Here's the other thing, though. Uh, the ratings are reflecting that people are actually not watching the show. This is Atlanta is now Atlanta. Let's put this into context. The Real Houses of Atlanta, the longstanding highest rated franchise, historically speaking, is now doing Dallas numbers. That's bad, baby. That's real bad. <laughs> What I'm thinking is like the disconnect is that there's a lot of individual scenes being filmed. We're not seeing a lot of cohesion with the ladies. You know, Candy and Druden show up to Kenya's flop Alabama trip. And so that felt just like very disjointed. And then we're kind of stuck with cousin. I'm going to call her cousin Corny from now on because I can't take her. She's so Um, but you know, we're stuck with cousin Corny. We're stuck with Marlo who is like truly acting for the cheap seats. And I, I need her to take it down. And, um, you know, Moneta is fine, but then it's like, okay, so we're opening this episode with Kenya screaming with her titties out. Brooklyn's in my hotel room. Stop banging on this goddamn door. I'm going to call the police on Marlo. Well, Marlo's like busting her size 13 Louboutins through that door. Um, calling Kenya Summer, saying this trip isn't fair to them. So Manetta and Kenya are like the besties on the trip, right? Manetta's trying to tell Marlo leave it alone basically so then they start getting into it they're getting into it on the walk to the elevator in the elevator down the stairs and then this door to get into the lobby is it's like a heavy door that they have to go to the door was you know kicked open it was supposed to be open marlo is the first one who walks through it and she slams or attempts to slam the door on moneta everybody sees it we all know what happened. Marlo claims temporary amnesia. Like, what? I didn't do that. Sheree is just lying through her teeth. God bless her. I don't think she did that. I think that was an accident. Moneta, please. Like, I, I don't, I don't, she didn't do that on purpose. I think the door closed on accident. I saw it. The, the wind blew it. <laughs> and then, of course, Cousin Courtney is saying, oh, I know for a fact that Marlo did not close the door on her. 
I know it. First of all, bitch, respectfully, you were fourth in line. You were way in the back, back, back. Okay? You were the caboose on that train, so you didn't see anything. You don't know anything for fat corny. I know that. So now all the ladies are in the lobby, like, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. It's probably, I would have liked to know, like, what time is it at this point? Why are they so turned up? What did they, what was the expectation? Because they all seem like we're supposed to be doing something right now. And, you know, Kenya's upstairs in Brooklyn with her titties out. So what's going on? So they're all in the lobby. Marlo's asking whatever band she could find. Can you get me a vodka pineapple or whatever she wanted? <laughs> sure. I, hopefully that man actually worked there. He got it for her. He got it for her. I will say that. Um, so then they're like, Manetta ends up getting Kenya on the phone on the speakerphone. I don't like the way this is going. I'm just feeling some type of way. I feel like, you know, whoever is not close to me, like Moneta, you're close to me. And, um, Sheree, I just feel like everybody else should go home. Now, Sanyo's hearing this. She's sitting there with them on hearing her on speakerphone. And Sanyo's like, okay, um, so where do I stand? Because I told you, why she would do this is beyond me. Like, girl, you really could have skipped this trip. I mean, I understand you think, you know, like we're only getting paid per episode, but you going from Atlanta to Birmingham and then going from Birmingham back to Atlanta to go to work and then coming back to Birmingham all within a 24 hour span. We're talking two round trips. Ooh, clearly it was not worth it. So Xania is like, okay, so should I come back? After I do my work thing tomorrow. And Kenya's like, you know what? Don't even bother. It's fine. Like, I don't, I honestly don't care. Kenya just Jan Brady's the fuck out of Sanya at every opportunity. And I, I am like, I mean, it's not really that deep for me, but I do agree with Sanya when she says, yo, like, she's just like, whatever on me. But when I was in Jamaica doing burpees on the beach for that, you know, app or whatever she was acting like it was the end of the world that I didn't clue her in onto every detail that happened even though this was that was a work trip for me so I'll take my ass back to Atlanta bye (laughs) so then Marlo and Corny are off by themselves Sanya finds them and tells them what just happened uh you know Kenya just told us she didn't care about us and we could go back to Atlanta. So Marlo's like, okay, great. Well, I just texted Kenya and I told her she's a rude bitch. Love Marlo. XOXO Marlo. <laughs> and then she says, actually, I'm going to post this on Instagram and I'm going to tag her in it. And Corny's like, no, 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 please don't, please don't do that. So then Sanya goes back to Monietta and Sheree and is like, okay, I think I'm feeling good. Like, I just feel like... If you invite your girlfriends on a trip, you know, I think there's some level of friendship that's going on. I just got into my feelings or whatever. But Kenya doesn't realize who's on the phone. She's like, wait, wait, hold on. Who is that? And Sana's like, okay, what? You don't recognize my voice anymore? Okay, bye, bye. So then she really gets herself into back of an Escalade and uh, takes herself home. So at this point, the rest of the ladies are like, finding out what this trip really is. Because remember, Kenya was surprising them with her halftime performance. They just thought she was going to, like, be the MC or something. So, like, oh, this is actually a big deal. 
Marlo says the one thing that makes sense in a confessional. Candy tried to go from Keyonce to Kriana, but you know, did you see her performance at BravoCon? Like, did y'all? It wasn't good. It wasn't good. So Sanya tells Kenya, fine, I'll be gone. This, uh, sorry, at this point she leaves. So then we go back to Atlanta to film a scene with Candy and Todd. Another scene about like, she works too much. Why can't you sit and hold my dick while I pr- produce this movie or whatever the hell he's complaining about? Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. And then finally, this is basically just a setup to Candy uh, uh, confronting Mama Joyce later about calling him a short loser on the BravoCon stage and how he's been dogging. She's been dogging him out for over a decade at this point and it's getting tired. Then we go back to Birmingham and Kenya's laid up in a hotel room. She says in a confessional that she woke up feeling the weight of everything that has gone on in the past few weeks. And she's feeling, and I quote, numbness or pain. Which one? <laughs> Which one? Numbness or pain in her left arm. So she calls 911 And she tells him, I just recently had COVID. I'm feeling very dizzy. It's hard for me to breathe. Like, you guys need to pull up. Sheree happens to be next door. So she hears, uh, you know, the EMT show up. And she's, like, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So they go into her room. They're trying to figure out. So Sheree ends up gathering the girls and says that Kenya's going to go to the hospital and get a chest x-ray. they end up FaceTiming her while she's in the hospital. She says that she's got a fever of 102. Brooklyn's with her nanny. She's waiting on the doctor. Of all people, when they hop off that FaceTime, would Marlo Hampton be the one leading the girls in a prayer when you were kicking down her door, calling her summer saying winter's coming (laughs) is beyond me. But you know what? That's what Marlo Hampton's going to do. is just what she's going to do. After that, Moneta reluctantly gives Marlo a hug as sort of a peace offering, but she does threaten to bring Pookie and them, or I'm sorry, that was a, uh, who, Ray Ray and them, I don't know, she threatened somebody, she threatened to bring people on Marlo, but, you know, I think that's going to be an empty threat. No no shade, Moneta, because I do like you. Um, then, Corny has the audacity to look at Sheree Whitfield and ask her, when are you going to get to know my wonderful cousin Drew? And Sheree's like, oh, (laughs) well, I haven't read the wonderful part yet, so I don't know. (laughs) Sheree, when she's like, nice, nasty, is my favorite Sheree. When she's got the smile plastered on her face, like the first time she did it, season one, she didn't want to take a picture with Nini after Nini couldn't get into her uh, birthday party. Or was it her birthday party? Or was it like, I'm almost getting a divorce party? Whatever that party was. The man with the poem. This is another one of my favorite things about Sheree. Is she's going to find the most specific performance for the worst themed party. I'm going to have a man. It was was her birthday party. Sing a custom birthday song for for me. And a slow R&B ballad. In happy birthday to me. Do I know this man? No. No. But he will be performing it. And I just watched this episode. That's why it's so so clear in my mind. That whatever friend or family member she's standing next to is just weeping in Sheree's arms. Just over this man singing Sheree an R&B happy birthday. Why are you crying? 
why are you crying? Anyway, I, after that, so they go to an event and Nini, uh, Lisa Wu makes Nini and Sheree take a picture with each other and they're like smiling, but they're like talking through their teeth. Like, I don't want to take a picture with you. I don't need a girl. Just smile. Okay. I don't like you either. I don't like you. (laughs) Anyway, that's my favorite Sheree. So. Sheree goes to visit Kenya. We're all back in Atlanta now. So we go to uh, Moore Manor. And, uh, you know, Kenya says ultimately she wasn't able to perform at the halftime show. And that was like such a big blow to her brand. She hadn't been to an HBCU, but, you know, she always had the dreams of being in that part of community. And she was going to get off, give off product and all that. And I'm thinking, well... I mean, they still could have given out product. You still could have represented the brand if you didn't do the halftime performance, right? Like, seems like we still could have done things, but I'm kind of with Marlo here. I think uh, maybe she was nervous. Maybe she was only in that hospital for about 45 minutes, according to Marlo. So, you know... I maybe I think that maybe she stressed herself out because Kenya did say the weight of the few weeks just kind of piled onto me. I feel like maybe she had a panic attack. You know, if you're feeling numbness, like that's all sign of a panic attack too. So I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, um, didn't really care about this. Sheree keeps lying directly to Kenya's face and saying, I didn't kick in that door. Producer, I would never do that. I'm a lady even though we definitely saw the footage of her doing exactly that. Now, was she busting it down like the feds, like Marlo was? No, it was more of a little kid, like, I'm going to run up to the door, kick it lightly, and then run away. But she did. She still did it. Anyway, the scene of the episode was Mama Joyce and Candy. Mama Joyce come over to the house with, tell me I'm wrong, y'all. Because as soon as I saw that wig, I saw... Is Mama Joyce friends with Sissy Houston? Because that looks like one of Nippy's wigs from back in the day. Tell me, go and look in that scene and tell me that I'm lying. Okay? It was giving. It's giving Heartbreak Hotel. (laughs) So then Candy tells her, you know, what you said about BravoCon, about like, who would you rather me be married to instead of Todd? Like that got to the blog just so you know. And Joyce is like, well, I'm not going to lie. They asked me a question and I told the truth. He needs to lighten up. (laughs) The nerve of this woman to say that Todd needs to lighten up. When you were talking about how the streets were telling you that Todd and Carmen were cheating with each other. You were throwing your uh, kitten heel at Carmen at the wedding boutique. Candy couldn't even try on a dress without you trying to pop her in the temple. You've been saying, oh, he's trying to take money from you. Uh, that his kids are not like your your kids that you have. That Kayla's not like a granddaughter to you like uh, Riley is. And that he's creeping, sneaking, peeking, and leaking. You've been saying that for 10 plus years now. Candy and Todd. Candy says at this at this point, Todd and I are coming up on our nine year anniversary. Mama, you got to stop this. 
So when you say things like, oh, he needs to lighten up, Candy has to go in her high register when, you know, she can't believe what she just said. How are you going to tell him to lighten up if you constantly drag him in public? Good question. Great question. Then she asked her mom, have you ever brought up a time where Todd has like done something nice or right? And Joyce is like, well, this is such a black phrase. Most of the time he's, he's back there asleep. <laughs> he's just back there asleep, which means you're lazy. He's just back in the house sleeping every time I come over. And Candy says, yeah, he's avoiding you. And Joyce, I mean, never misses. Serena Williams at deflecting. Uh, well, so that's why I don't even come here half the time. That's why I don't even come around here. And Candy's like, but you're the one bringing the negative energy. The energy's coming from you. The call's coming from within the house, mama. And Joyce is like, well, then it, if it comes from me, then I just, you know, I won't come over then. That's why I don't come over. That's why. You realize that you're saying that you're agreeing that you're bringing the negative energy. So can we at least be on the same page about that? So then Candy says, I kind of feel like last year, you know, like I thought we were going to be cool and happy, but this whole back and forth is a lot. We're about going on nine years of marriage. At this point, it's getting out of hand. And this is where I have to like be realistic about, because y'all know I'm a candy girl, but we also have to be realistic about this to now say at this point, it's getting out of hand. Candy, you know this is not 2005, right? Like, we could have nipped this in the bud a long time ago. Like, after your wedding. Go back and look at Candy's wedding pictures. And you tell me what you see. Make sure you look at the all the pictures that they pose with with Todd. And then make sure you look at the ones that Todd are not in. And you tell me the difference. And then you tell me... If this should have been nipped in the butt a long, 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 long time ago. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Candy says in a confessional, I need my mama to understand how much Todd means to me. And this is a solid relationship and she needs to leave it alone. So then she asked Mama Joyce, you love your grandchildren, right? <laughs> Not a question that we should have to ask, but Joyce says, yeah, no, of course. And Candy says, well, I'm sure you know that they love you too. And I'm sure you know that they're not going to want to see you out dogging their daddy every time they turn around. <sighs> and then here's what Joyce comes. Here comes the bullshit. Joyce, well, 
you know, I want Ace, he's six years old. I want, you know, him to start taking out the trash. And, you know, that's something his daddy should have started teaching him. That's something a man does. The guy that you married was a guy who was like meek and humble, which was not what you were saying 10 years ago. Not even close to what you were saying, but okay. Todd was, you thought Todd was meek and humble, but now he's like George Jefferson, like moving on up. Okay. Candy's like, you're tripping. You always want to make it be about like what a man is supposed to do. And Joyce tries to then play innocent. Like, no, I mean, I would say that about any household, not just your George Jefferson looking man. I would say that to anybody just happens to be what you're doing. And then the most frustrating thing of all, this is, oh, this is like old school, nasty, so nasty and so rude. Well, if that's what you accept in your marriage, then that's what you accept. You know, if you're fine with that, then okay. If that's enough for you, then I, you know, a man who doesn't take the trash out, teach a six-year-old how to do it. Well, that's not a man to me, but if that's, you know, what you consider a man, then that's just what you accept, right? If you love your man not taking out the trash and going to the strip club and Candy's like, I go to the strip club with him. And then she tries to, like, turn it out, like, well, nobody's, no stripper's gonna have it better than me. Candy's just looking at her like, what? <laughs> what are you even talking about? She just, she's just throwing everything at the wall. She don't know what she's saying at this point. She's just, like, she just refuses to be wrong. She refuses to apologize to Candy. She is part of that old guard where it's just my way or the highway, I feel what I feel. I, she's never going to be nice to Todd. It's never going to happen. She's never going to have any sort of reflection of her being a total asshole to him for 10 years. There's never going to be like, I was at fault. It was like, oh, well, he's a different person now. I liked him back in the day. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> if anything, it seems like you like him more now than you did back then. And we're still rolling in the negatives here. So you went from a negative 20 to like a negative 17. But okay. (sighs) Candy actually asked her to go to counseling and Mama Joyce agrees to do it. Candy says in a confessional, I'm glad she agreed to it, but I think the therapist is probably going to need some therapy after seeing us. And as long as you know, I don't have to say it. The episode ends with Kenya and Drew and Sheree. They're going to get a vitamin drip because they've all been infirmed in various uh, stages. I really didn't care. I mean, Drew and Sheree were hashing it out because Drew was telling everybody that after the reunion, after Sheree brought all all that she by Sheree, that she took it all back because she never got anything. So what Drew was saying is that she really saw there was a duffel bag on the display that came out during the reunion and she really wanted that. But Sheree said that bag actually wasn't supposed to go out. That was my personal bag with my personal items in it. So I took it back and we seems like Drew was like, well, I still didn't get anything, but okay, girl. Um, and Sheree was like, okay, well, 
you know, it's available at SheBuysCharade.com if you want to get it in six to eight business months. <laughs> Then, then you can. You better enter in that PayPal, girl. Um, and then after that, it was like, they were talking about like Drew and Marlo and what happened at her, like, duop pop popping. Didn't care about that. Except for the confirmation. Because I, as soon as Ralph gave her those flowers, I was like, those flowers are from Whole Foods. Like, I know they're, they're not quite a Publix flower. They are a little bit elevated, but they are from Whole Foods. And this is really not shade, because once I really got to thinking about it, okay, if all your wife did was, like, sing background for 42 seconds, you know, like, I don't know what gift is for that occasion. I think a Whole Food flower might actually suffice. However, I hate Ralph, so I'm going to dog him out for that. Anyway, let's move on to the Kardashians. Oh, but here's a little plug, you guys. Sorry, not sorry. Um, the Natalia Grace documentary has been sweeping the nation. Go watch it. It's on ID Channel and um, uh, Max. It's a six-part series. It is wild from start to finish and it will be on my patreon a recap uh part it's gonna be two parts two two hour parts with none another none other than liz bentley so stay tuned for that on the patreon wednesday i do uh episodes every wednesday so you get four episodes a month for a five dollar fee i think a pretty good deal if i do say so myself i turn out pretty good content. I'm doing research. We're doing deep dives and all that. Great guests, great documentaries that I talk about. I talked about the Anna Nicole Smith documentary recently, the flop Bama Rush documentary, the flop uh, Hulu Queen Maker Making of an It Girl documentary. (laughs) I know that I'm probably not promoting these well, but the recaps are fun if the documentaries aren't. So check that out again at EBBM Podcast over at patreon.com slash EBBM Podcast. All right, plug over. Let's talk about Kardashians. Well, that's you why know. you got divorced, because you can't do that to yourself anymore. I just anymore. don't have that energy. No, nobody does. And nobody, you don't, you never deserve to live like that. It's like the hardest feeling to watch someone you really loved and you have a family with just be All so right, you different. Guys, let's get you. into the Kardashian corner. We pick up where we left off, Kim crying to Chris and her new face about how she just doesn't want to be a part of Kanye's narrative. But now... Four kids later. I mean, what are you going to do, girl? You're tethered to that man for the rest of your life. And she knows it. She knows it. Chris tries to be encouraging. And she says, you know, you can't control anybody else. You can only control how you react. Kim's like, yeah, but I've got kids. And she's like, yeah, you know what? And that's the tragic part because there are kids involved. So (laughs) she's trying, but it's not, it's not helping. And then Kim says that she feels like, Sometimes if Kanye were to ever really hit rock bottom, she feels like that's his journey. That's his thing to figure out because she used to spend hours of the day on the phone playing cleanup crew, making calls to whoever at Rockefeller or Adidas, whoever the hell, Azealia Banks, just to make sure give him another chance. He's fine. Like, don't worry about it. Right. Smoothing things over. 
And then Kim says in the confessional that it's the hardest thing to have to watch somebody that you love and have a family with be so different from the person that you thought they were. And then Chris says that she feels like North probably knows something and she isn't saying anything. And that's like really the most sad part. But Kim seems to be very confident, very assured that North knows nothing. They keep the Apple TV on the house so they don't have to see the commercials and the entertainment tonight and the Access Hollywood promos of like what their dad did this hour. And she seems pretty clear on the fact that they have no idea. So when her friends watch this show, this episode, then what? (laughs) Not to say that like Cam doesn't have the right to talk about this stuff because If I was dealing with even a fifth of what she has to deal with, with that man, I would, I mean, just be shouting things from the rooftop just to like try to maintain at at all times. I don't know how she does it. Like y'all can say what you want about Kim and not liking her or whatever, but just think like really close your eyes and think about what it would have to be like to feel like to deal with him (laughs) and just like Maybe he's nice to you for like a couple weeks or a few months and you're co-parenting well and he's there and then all of a sudden something happens and, you know, he's talking about your pussy again and how sad he is for North about it. You know, like that's got to be very jarring. And then Kim says that she feels like deep down in her soul that one day those kids will appreciate her silence. And so she tries her hardest to keep it together at all times. And then Chris tries to cuddle with her and do some like physical touch. And Kim tells her that it's weird. And so Chris just leaves. Anyway, then Kim goes into the office to go look at the Dolce and Cabana looks. I mean, I cannot believe. I, I just want to put it out there now that like, I'll, you'll probably not hear me ranting and raving about Dolce and Gabbana and how problematic they are every episode, but just know threaded throughout all of that is that is my feeling. It just seems like I don't want to have to bring it up every episode. Just know I, this whole thing I find to be. <laughs> so anyway, she's at the office. They're going through looks. So, Kim is going to be the creative director for their Milan fashion show, spring 2023 show, right? So the plan is to reproduce. So she picked out her favorite looks from the 90s up to 2010. They're going to reproduce those looks that they agree on. And I believe there are going to be an additional uh, 10 or so new looks. Then we hear the setup for like, we're supposed to be on Team Kim about this whole Kim, eventual Kim versus Courtney uh, and Dolce Gabbana thing. Um, Kim tells us that initially the collaboration was going to be with Skims and Dolce. She told Courtney that they weren't able to get the material together or something on time. And so it just became a Kim thing. And then she says... I feel like maybe Courtney didn't understand how big of a deal it was and how big of a production all of this would be now that it's just like me and them. Right. So, you know, I, I, you know, I feel like we could go both ways in that. Like, what did you say to her then? You know, that would be my next question. If you feel like she didn't get it. What did you say? And if you felt like she didn't get it, why didn't you explain it to her further? 
you know, seems like a good way to mitigate any drama. But anyway, um, more on that later. Scott goes over to Chloe's. He walks in like, <clears throat> like hacking, coughing. He says it's because he's stressed out. And then Chloe says something like, I pray you don't do this on dates. Like, that's really gross. And Scott goes, well, why don't we just go on a date? Like, I'll teach you what it's like. You can go out there and, you know, try to date a new person. And you would think that, you know, hey, you're my sister's baby daddy. Three times over. Would have been the reason? No. She goes, uh, well, honestly, if I had gone on a date with a guy on a first date and he was coughing like that, I would have just walked out in the middle of the date. So um, just so we all know, it wasn't the fact that he's already in the family as a reason. It was the coughing. So Kim is also there. So it's Kim, Scott, and Chloe all hanging out on this oblong couch talking about us, essentially. And... We're now, like, being chastised by all of them. Mostly Kim and a little bit of Chloe. Scott, God bless him. He already knows what time it is with us, so more on that later. So Kim shows Chloe. She starts by showing Chloe this progress report. She's reading off her phone, uh, I think an article from The Cut, and it's like, you know... I like to read things. I like to get feedback about our show from everyone. And she's explaining how in that article, the writer is saying that Chloe didn't give enough during season two. She didn't talk enough about her surrogacy journey. She wasn't open enough about it. And when Chloe says, actually, I explained everything, Kim says, well, no, the argument is that you didn't really open up about it until everybody had already found out. So. Chloe's response to that is, well, I wasn't even being honest with myself at the time about the situation, which I would have to say is probably the most honest thing that Chloe has ever said. Definitely the most honest thing she says in this episode. <laughs> so I will give her a, a nibble. She got a nibble for that. Okay. Um, then Kim moves on to how the writer was saying Kanye's not on the show. We don't get to see him. And, you know, another fair point from Kim, I don't even talk to the man and see him. How do you expect me to film with him? Do you want me to just bring cameras over to like, you know, Easy Industries or whatever the fuck? Like, no, that that's not realistic. It's not even true to my real life with him and my relationship. So then it talks, then we get chastised, all of us. Like, we're so open Kim, I noticed, kept saying, and, and Chloe being like, especially us two. Kim, you're so open. No, Chloe, you're so open. We, as a collective, are really open on this show. Do you guys get that? Both of us are very open. <laughs> so then you know, Chloe says, honestly, I don't have any guilt about this. I am always showing stuff. And then Kim starts talking in a confessional about how, you know, we started this show when we were in our 20s. We didn't have these like ultra private lives. We didn't have kids. And, you know, she says, now I understand when people say things like, oh, I want that old artist back. Just say I want the old Kanye. We, we know what the lyric is, girl. But, you know, people grow and evolve. Like people want my old shit, buy my old albums, listen to the old, watch the old seasons if that's what you want to watch. Right. Um, but then it turns back into this. We love doing the show. They do a commercial cliffhanger of Scott asking them, well, do you just want to not do the show anymore? And then it turns out, no, we love the show. It's, you know, our anchor. It's the base of our brand. 
I feel like Kim actually says, I feel like the show helps people uh, go through things in their lives. Okay. But here's my thing. I think it's very smart of them. And as a Kardashian scholar myself to address it in this way, you're picking things that are like, oh, but there's an excuse like, oh, she's talking about how I don't have Kanye on the show. But what can I do? We don't have a relationship like that. Obviously, that is a fair point to make. But the like, how many people really care about Kanye not being on the show? Like, I don't I just don't know. And there was another point where Kim talks about, you know, uh, the Pete of it all and how they had to have a conversation, but it's not like every person she dates, she's like, stop, do you want to come on my show? And then he's on the show and then people, excuse me, weren't satisfied with the level to which he was on the show, to which I say cap because y'all were using Pete in these teaser promos like, oh, he's coming. You guys wait for him. And then all of a sudden y'all break up and then it's like... He never even existed, even though he was in the promo for season two. It's like, we're just acting like this man isn't there. (laughs) It's confusing because y'all promised him that. And then again, Judy Winslow up the stairs. Where did he go? It was jarring. And speaking of jarring, the scene that we get with Courtney for the episode is like, a complete diversion into Courtney Kardashian Barker's hour of power talking about her vitamin and supplement line. And it's just like, it's like her own personal MTV diary. There's montages in like sepia and black and white of her and uh, that Simon guy talking, you know, just look staring at their laptops and being like, I, I want a fruity flavor. This one's for your vagina. This sorts of thing. Just like Courtney just, you know, just freeballing all of her thoughts while Simon just stares at her with the laptop in his lap. And then she's talking to us in real. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details time as she's getting her glam done for a wall street journal interview about the vitamins right so it's like a you know and you know the show typically we don't break the fourth wall that often but this is like fully 
Courtney uh, Kardashian Parker getting her makeup done as a businesswoman and discussing what it's like. And the producer's just lobbing her questions and she's answering it. She's talking about how, like, she has been wanting to do this for, like, five years. And how she didn't want to do a typical brand deal and just put her name on a supplement line. But wanted to do the whole thing. Start from the ground up. And that takes a lot of time. And how there's always criticism with anything they, the family, do, right? But the producer cuts the bullshit, okay? Thank you. Thank you. And it's like, okay, but anything that took five years to get to, there's something underneath there. What's that story, Courtney? So Courtney says, I think it was like the pressure, mostly from Kim, like, what's your business? Like, I have my thing, but what's yours? Okay. And then she says that because she and Kim are 18 months apart, they're, they've always been very competitive, but she throws a little shade. Like, you know, I think I've grown out of that. <clears throat> I'm not sure that she has, <laughs> but then she tells the producer that she likes to rage against the machine and to not do what's asked of her girl. Just say, don't blame Kim asking you why you don't have a business for why you didn't start your business for five years and, and you raging against the machine <laughs> in some sort of anti-capitalist protest against your sister for telling you to not be lazy. We all saw it, girl. Play that clip back. <laughs> so you're telling us your choice after getting your ass shoot <laughs> On national television, we're not doing shit, is to not do shit. Okay, Courtney. Okay. <laughs> I love her. And, you know, Courtney is right when she says she's the funniest person in that family. She is dead ass. She's right about that. Not for the reasons that she thinks so. Anyway, the next scene is Malika going to check in on Chloe. Chloe had her surgery. They got the melanoma out. But at this point... They still don't know if it's cancerous and they don't know if they're going to have to do more surgery. She can barely speak. The stitches are like on the inside of her cheek. Malika starts crying. Chloe acts like she has no idea why Malika would possibly be concerned about her. And Malika finally has to break it down with, with her. Like, Chloe, I feel like because of everything you've been going through, Mostly the baby, not the baby, but the things that come with the baby, you know, like that seven foot fuck boy, right? Um, that I just feel like you're in a place where I haven't seen you this low since your dad passed. And that's scary for me because I didn't know what to do for you during that time. And I kind of feel like I don't know what to do with you or for you right now. And you're always being like, I'm fine. I'm fine. But like, you're going through very traumatic stuff right now. And Chloe looks at her like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Or like, what are you talking about? Cause she literally can't speak. And like to really hype you on to like, obviously it's very traumatic when a teenage girl loses her father very suddenly to cancer or at all. But, uh, you know, for Malika to be there and she looks genuinely nervous and to say, I have not seen you like this since your dad, as somebody who knows like kind of what happened during that time, Chloe's talked about, you know, having an eating disorder, substance abuse, 
you know, like having issues with school and having to go to a, from a normal setting to like a, like a different sort of, you know, like a therapeutic type of school, like did she eventually go online? I think she, maybe she did, maybe graduated early. Like things were very rough for her. She did not take that uh, situation well. Everybody says that Chloe was one who was like acted out the worst after enduring um, her dad's passing. And so that's, you know, scary. And it's also scary to see your friend be like, what, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like to try to even act like she has no clue why you might be in a bad place right now. And then she even tries to minimize it in a confessional and be like, yeah, I know I can be an asshole and like block things out and want to laugh things off, but that's just how I cope. Like I didn't say it was healthy. I just, that's how I do it. Right. So Malika tells her, maybe you should try crying. I'm serious. Maybe you should cry, Chloe. And Chloe goes, what's that going to do? And so Malika has to be like Ianla Van Zandt and be like, just figure out, maybe cry, and then figure out what happens, how you feel after that. Yike. Yike. And then for whatever reason, we have to see Kylie go to Milan and London because she has to go to Milan to make sure that the colors of her cosmetic shades match correctly. Even though she uh, sold most of her steak to Ulta and she does not wear a hairnet or gloves during any of these scenes of her actually in the lab mixing things with beakers and things of that nature and then we have to go through her i love makeup speech and uh, you know i've watched way too much of this show to um have to sit through this like this is like hearing an old story that your dad tells the same story over and over and over i've heard it all before i could recite it to you and I've probably said it in my sleep without even knowing it. She started getting into makeup when she was 16. She loved it so much. She's playing in her mom's makeup. And then she started doing her own. And it's been such a passion. And she knew that this is what she wanted to do. And it's so, it gives her a chance to be creative. And everybody can do whatever you want with your face. And that's the beauty of makeup. Girl. <laughs> like. You girl, we know this. I don't know why we're doing this. And then she goes to Harrods with Stormy and a couple of her friends to go look at the Kylie Cosmetics display. And then they have dinner in like the back of Harrods. I why we had to listen to Kylie try to explain to her friend who's her age about how famous she used to be, as if he has no idea who she is. <laughs> She's talking about how they used to do like PacSun mall appearances. She's like, no, you guys think that I'm cool now, but I was really cool like 10 years ago. We know. They know. They probably had Tumblr. That's probably why they're your friend now. They know how famous you are, girl, but keep trying. Anyway, what we should have been watching is Stormy was having a conversation with the, the waiter <laughs> And they were like really get they were really kiki in with each other. They were like really going back and forth. That's get a microphone on Stormy. That's what I want to hear. I, you don't need to FaceTime Kendall about uh y'all y'all's mall tours as if she doesn't remember. Girl. Like I, I would just imagine like if me sitting across from like Mary Kate and Ashley, and they'd be like, We used to be child stars. I'm like, yeah, girl. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> 
Now I gotta act like I don't know the whole lyrics to Brother for Sale. Okay, girl. Anyway, then Chris goes over to Scott's house because he had just gotten into a car accident. Car flipped over and he had to escape via the sunroof because like the car was completely 180. And Chris goes on to explain to us, this is another like, duh, who Scott is, why he's a part of the family, how he's going to always be in her life and how good of a father he is. Haven't we heard, like, who doesn't know who Scott Disick is at this point? Like, if you don't know who this is, just turn the show off. Don't bother. (laughs) If you watch this and are like, I have no clue who that man is, just don't even bother. And I don't, like, no shade. Do something better with your life. I'm I'm telling you, please. And see, this is the shit that we're talking about. What we don't want to see on the show again. Kim. (laughs) <laughs> let me round this up uh kim has another meeting with dolce and gabbana actually with dolce and gabbana with her stylist now i'm a little confusion because again this would be another critique of the show kim keeps trying to act like she's going about this entirely on her own but here's your stylist sitting right next to you who seems to be very keyed in and that's fair but don't tell me that you're doing this all on your own girl when you're also saying that you felt like up until recently you couldn't dress yourself also weren't you a stylist at one point like weren't you doing kimmy's closets back in the day with paris what i don't understand um and here leads me to like a bunch of other questions what is the stylist getting for this is she getting like this is exposure because i can't imagine as a stylist working hand in hand with a collaborator on a major fashion line for a major fashion show, even if it's Dolce & Gabbana, the morally corrupt Dolce & Gabbana, that's got to be a good look on the resume. Is she getting compensated on top of being Kim's stylist for this? What's the coin looking like, girl? Or are you just like, well, this is a very good look for me, so I'll just, I'm just going to do all this extra work? It seems like Kim completely falls into pieces in the next episode because the girl's passport she forgot her passport and she's like how the hell am i even supposed to dress myself she was supposed to do all the looks this week what the hell am i gonna do so dolce and gabbana i don't know if this is a great idea but we'll see we'll see um yeah kim then says that she does not want to kill courtney's vibe and i think we all know that didn't happen so i'm excited and uh yeah Thank you guys so much for listening. (laughs) Thank you for speaking. Bye.